There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino, and right off the bat, we have got to talk about Bronwyn's husband, Sean's necklace work in his confessional. He is wearing something straight out of the Countess Luann statement collection. He's wearing a statement necklace, and I swear it looks something like Countess Luann would wear on Roni. It is the biggest necklace I've ever seen. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying it's a lot of necklace work when I saw him in that confessional, which we're not so used to seeing the husbands with the wives in the confessionals anyway. So I was already taken aback. I was like, whoa. And then I noticed the necklace. I couldn't even hear what they were saying because I was just looking at the the neckline and all the work that was going on on his uh, on his clavicles. And it was a very heavy necklace. And I don't know if it hurts to walk around like that. But again, beautiful. It was stunning. I would love to see it up close. It just took me by surprise. Looked like something out of Countess Luann's closet. I was shocked. And uh, so now I know what to expect, at least, with Sean. But I haven't been used to these husband-wife confessionals. OC's thrown all sorts of new stuff at us. We got the kids in confessionals now. We got the husbands. So we're going to talk about this week's Orange County. Before we do... I should say that we're also going to talk about Potomac. So if you just want to hear the Potomac recap, I'll do a little Potomac at the end. uh, So you can check the episode description and fast forward if you're just interested in that. I also just want to briefly discuss something I heard. And that is the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills apparently are bringing all of the housewives back, except for Lisa Vanderpump, who quit. But allegedly, this is a rumor, so I don't know if it's true, but allegedly, apparently, they're bringing back everyone. And to that, I say, Okay, enough. Enough. What? When I read that, you guys, I thought, what is happening over there? What is happening? They're just bringing all of them back? And it said in the report, it said, Camille's not coming back because she's not close with any of the women. But you guys, we're putting on a show here. What is the show going to be about? All the women are getting along, and I don't want to see that. (laughs) I don't. I mean, I'm happy if some of them get along and stuff like that. But there's no show if there's no Camille, no Vanderpump, and they're just keeping everyone the same. I thought, what is happening? I, it's shocking to me, but I'm not a casting person. Maybe they know something we don't. Maybe there's something going on that we don't know about. I just pray to God that they bring in some messier people, at least in addition to the ones they have there now, but I don't know. What are they doing? Is, is somebody got some secrets on the executives over there or something? Like, what is happening? It seems so bizarre to me. That Teddy's back, Erica's back, they're all back full time. What? (laughs) Again, to that I say, huh? How is that happening? I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about Orange County because at least, look, Orange County's been good so far. It has been. It's been good. And I didn't like the past two seasons at all. But so maybe the producers knew something we didn't. This season, at least knock on wood, it's been good in my eyes. This episode was fantastic. I thought there was. Lots of drama. Again, we got the necklace work from the men. We got 
Tamara saying outrageous things. Although, let me just say, I think Tamara's saying outrageous things because she just doesn't know what to do on camera anymore. She talked about her mom giving a blowjob at one point, and then she said something about doing anal. And I thought, Tamara, you're just blurting shit out now. I don't even think she's conscientious of what she's saying. She's just blurting out words, the dirtiest words she can. And then the poor people around her, Eddie and the the mom, Sandy, they all just got to roll their eyes like, oh, that's Tamara asking me for anal in front of the cameras again. And that is a very bizarre place to be in. It's just, I don't know if Tamara's just saying whatever comes to mind or what's going on. But we open this week on that party at Tamara's house, and Kelly leaves in tears. She's very upset. She's upset with Vicky. And it seems to me that Tamara and Shannon are on Team Kelly as of now. Although by the end of the episode, I was thinking, I think they switched. I think they switched. And here's the thing. I truly believe that Vicky, from what I understand, she didn't sign her contract until filming had already gotten underway. And so I believe that Tamara and Shannon were probably thinking about how they had to be close with Kelly. And then when it was finally confirmed that Vicky had signed a contract and that she was going to be around the whole season, I think then they flipped sides. That's my theory. But I don't know. There's other things going on. Maybe there is an accusation or something. But as of the beginning of this episode, Tamara and Shannon are on Team Kelly. And look, Gina confronts Vicky at this party. So Gina says to Vicky, you said I was another jailbird. She doesn't say it like that. She says it like, you see it, I was another jailbird. <laughs> I can't do a good Gina. But but imagine I had peanut butter in my mouth, and that's what it would sound like. And Vicky says, that's a lie. She says, I will not accept that that's a lie. That's a lie. I never said you were a jailbird. It's not a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. I'm not even going to tolerate that. I'm not going to tolerate that because you're lying. It's a lie. And then the editors, those brilliant, shady motherfucking editors, I love them. Love them. God bless them. They cut right to that footage of Vicky's cell phone text message <laughs> calling Gina a jailbird. Ah, I love them. I love them. If you're listening, I love you. Editors, producers, I love you so much. I love you so, so much. They cut to that proof of Vicky saying that Gina's a jailbird. Then we cut to Shannon. Shannon's really kissing Bronwyn's ass. She's really overboard and with it. And Vicky and Bronwyn are not getting along at this point. Vicky calls her Browned Wind. Do you hear that? She said, Bronze Wind or something. <laughs> oh, it's funny. And Vicky says to Bronwyn, she says, look, you have two choices. You could be nasty or nice to me. She says, I don't know what you're doing, but you could be nasty or nice. And look, I think even Bronwyn at that point was like, I don't even know if Vicky's going to be on the cast. I believe, and I don't know this to be true, but I believe that party at Tamara's house, Vicky showed up for filming, but she had not signed her contract yet. That's what I believe. And so I think everyone was kind of playing that game of, well, like, we don't even know if Vicky's on the cast anymore. Because again, what I heard is that it had taken a while, and that was reported in the blogs and stuff, so who knows how true it is, but that's what I believe. So then we cut to, oh, you guys, speaking of Tamara just saying whatever the fuck she wants, this was the moment that was very dark-sided. Eddie was outside talking to some of the guys, some of the fellas who were at this party, he was talking about church. He was saying something like, Tamara lets me not go to church, or I get to take the week off from church or something. I don't know what he was saying, but I heard the word church. So he's talking to the fellas, he's talking to others, his other brosifs. <laughs> Is that what they call each other? He's talking to other bros, and he was talking about church. And then Tamara comes out. She comes out from inside, and she says, you want anal? And just shouted it. And he just shouted back, I don't want anal. And that was an exchange. Then Tamara just walked right back inside. Just walked right back. I thought, what is this? This is a peek inside their marriage. 
I don't think anyone on this show should be talking about doing anal with each other. And look, I'm sexually open to it all. I'm just saying. It's an odd place to be in when our housewives are just shouting, you want anal? And the husband didn't even know what to say. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. Poor Eddie. Poor Eddie. And then, of course, Tamara went inside and groped the female housewife, the new one. She just started groping Bronwyn. I didn't like that at all. I mean, Bronwyn seemed like it was consensual, you know, but it was still made me a little bit uncomfortable. Tamara's just a little too much, and she's too aware that it looks like her. Tamara keeps saying, oh, it looks like me, a little mini-me or a younger version of me. And so that's the part about it that grosses me out the most. She says she's got a girl crush. Then they all get on the countertop and they dance. Shannon, Shannon's trying to convince us so hard, you guys, that Shannon's fun Shannon. She's trying to convince us so hard. She's not going to rest until she convinces every last one of us that she's fun Shannon now. But I'll be honest, I think this is the worse version of Shannon than the other one. I think I'd rather have that miserable Shannon from last season. Now, I don't want her to be in that miserable place. I'm just saying this version of Shannon where she's going very out of her way to convince us that she's having a great time is a lot. A lot. But I'm happy she's in a better place in life, truly. Then we cut to... I do like... Wait, real quick. I like that they're all drinking a lot on Orange County. They are. We're three episodes in and they've been drunk already four or five times. I'm enjoying that. It loosens them up. They're saying crazier things. They're bringing it. I'm into it. Anyway, then we cut to Gina's house and she was hanging something on the wall. And you all know how I feel about Gina's house. I'm not going to go into it again. The stuff is still on the floor. And you guys, I saw a YouTube. Somebody had sent me a YouTube or I don't know if it was on Bravo TV's website or it was a a cribs, like it was a version of cribs where it was like Gina showing off her new house, the new casita. And so she welcomes the camera people in and it felt like a very sad version of cribs. And I love the show cribs. You remember that MTV show where the celebrities would invite people to their homes. So, so fun. There was an iconic Mariah Carey episode of cribs that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. But This version of it was just Gina welcoming us all into this home. And I was, oh, you guys, she opened the house when she opens the door, it's into this room. And it's like what Gina calls an adult room. You guys got to see this video. I don't know how to explain it, but she calls that front room an adult room. But then there was like no furniture in it. It was just like two little chairs. I don't know. And I feel bad. A lot's going on with Gina. A lot's going on. She's on the brim. I've never seen someone more on the brim than Gina. She is fully on that brim. And so I do feel bad. Do you guys ever watch the Architectural Digest YouTube channel? If not, you should. Because there's basically a version of Cribs there. So if you go to the Architectural Digest YouTube, you can see videos of people, celebrities, walking us into their homes. And there's some really good ones on that YouTube channel. They're like 10 minutes each. I'm obsessed with them. Obsessed. Anyway. Gina's house on the episode, she's got clothes everywhere. She mentions that she needs daddy, and that's in quotes, daddy to hang her photos. She says there's no dryer. Gina says, I do forget on a regular basis to pull the trash cans out. Let me just repeat that. Gina said, I do forget on a regular basis to pull the trash cans out. Maybe I should say it again. Gina said, I do forget on a regular basis to pull out the trash cans. So that means there's trash in Gina's house. I don't know. Does that mean the trash can's in the garage? Maybe it's not inside the house. I don't know. I feel bad. She says her husband used to do all this stuff, and then she never learned how to do it. So they got divorced. Now she's on her own. She never learned how to do it. 
So I think there's a lesson here. I think we all need to learn how to do these things. If you're in a marriage, God bless. And of course, I want everyone's marriage and relationships to work out well. But there's some life skills that I feel like we should all know individually, not just with our partner, right? We should all know how to do the laundry, make the beds, take out the trash, like just the basics of living, you know? And I would just encourage if there's one spouse that does that usually, maybe we should all do a a flip, right? Maybe we should all take a week or two where we flip jobs and then we all do the other person's job and then see how it goes. And then that way, we're still in these relationships. Maybe our spouse or our partners or whoever can teach us how to do it in case we don't know. I feel like we need to make that like a week, like a switch, like Freaky Friday, but for chores. <laughs> I sound so lame. <laughs> Freaky Friday, but for chores sounds like a good plan to me. Because, you know, we all have that. You know, I live with Matt and there's things that he does that I don't know how to do and vice versa. And do I know how to take the trash out? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. Gina shows us the guest room. Her parents are staying there. Her parents arrive. Her mom says Matt's been calling her. And Gina implies how bad things are with Matt. And I felt so bad. This Matt is a A-S-S-hole. He's an asshole. I hate him. Very attractive. Last season, we only saw glimpses of him. He was very attractive. But this season, we learn he's a true asshole. And I hate him. And I do feel bad for all of Gina's going, whatever she's going through. It's a lot. It's a lot for a single mother to take on. And so I think we have to forgive some of the things that are happening, the the chip nails, the cracked iPhone screen, the hair, and the confessional. Maybe we need to all see past that because she's going through a really rough time. And she implies about how bad things are and then later tells us about some cheating stuff. So it's a lot. It's a lot for anyone to handle, let alone a single mother. She's got young kids. She's probably fucking exhausted. Anyway, then we cut to Shannon and Bronwyn. They're meeting for drinks. Again, Shannon's trying to convince us, I'm a free spirit now, she shouts in her confessional. Uh, and then she cackles. It's like a lot, a lot of Shannon. Very, very much. It's very much of Shannon. She talks about uh, her relationship with Vicky to Bronwyn. Shannon gets drunk. At one point, her makeup was smeared. The lipstick was smeared. And she just started crying when Bronwyn was talking about her kids. because Bronwyn had confessed about this relationship she has with her daughter. Her daughter is a dancer. She was a dance mom. And then her daughter had lost a lot of weight and then had to be sent off to get some help. And Shannon just breaks down and cries. And it wasn't about Shannon in the moment. But like we always say, in the words of Bethany Frankel, it's not about what it's about. Shannon just took it all on and she started crying with smeared lipstick and all. She See, that's the moment where it's like, okay, Shannon, obviously is still going through it all. But she's trying to convince us that she's happy-go-lucky fun Shannon. But obviously, she wouldn't just cry at the drop of a hat in a restaurant if she wasn't going through some stuff. So maybe there's a balance Shannon could find here. You guys will all see the truth. We'll all see the truth. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. No. Maybe shouldn't be crying in the middle of a restaurant. I don't know. I just thought they were hugging and crying in the middle of this restaurant. And there was lots of patrons around them. And I have never. I've cried in lots of places, but it's usually in privacy. I've cried in, as I've told you, a right parking lot recently. I've cried in the shower weekly. But I normally don't cry in the middle of a restaurant when I'm surrounded by people. What I would do is excuse myself to the restroom. I'd say, Bronwyn, hold up. I'm going to be right back. And then I would go in the restroom stall and I'd cry. And <laughs> I told you guys how when I go to the movies, this is not about crying, but when I go to the movies, I usually excuse myself to the restroom and then eat a hot dog in the lobby. 
and then I come back. And so just, I don't know, that's like a, that sounds like a form of an eating disorder. I'm not here to diagnose myself, but I don't know what it is. I do it all the time and I catch myself doing it. And here I'm laying out my truth for you all. But when I go with friends, I don't know why I do that. And (laughs) again, I'm confessing to you all. So if you see me at the movies and I'm in the lobby, chances are I'm finishing off a hot dog before I go back in to meet my friends for a show in of Cars 3 or whatever it is I'm saying. Anyway, then, uh, so they cry in the middle of that restaurant. It seems like Bronwyn and Shannon are getting along. And I've said last week, I think Bronwyn's a great fit for this show. She makes sense. She makes sense. So then uh, Tamara moves Sandy into her old folks' home. Sandy's only 68 and she's moving into old folks' home. Now, I don't know what the typical age is. But that seemed young to me, and maybe I'm wrong. To be honest, I'm at in my early 30s, and I wouldn't mind going to live in one of those apartments. My best friend Jill and I always joke we want to go to this place called Sunrise in Chicago. There's this nice Sunrise, I think it was Sunrise Living, but it always looked so nice. We would walk past it, and I would think, oh, I'd like to live there. They got activities going on all the time. You got food for you at your ready. I like the idea of living somewhere where there's like a chef and... Uh, you know, a set time where you eat like a cafeteria. I like that idea. And then you can go back into your apartment. I don't know why they don't do that more for youngsters, people in their 20s and 30s. Reminds me of college when you would live in the dorm and you'd go to the dining hall. That was nice. So anyway, it seemed young to me, but to be honest, I would like to live there now. Then uh, Tamara said something about, she was like trying to give her mom advice about this living space. And then she said, she pictures her mom giving a blowjob. This is not me making this up. This is word for word. Tamara said something about that. She said she pictures her giving a blowjob. And I thought, maybe just don't say anything at all, Tamara. It's okay. Sometimes if you don't have anything to say, you should not say anything at all. Don't just talk about your mom giving a beach in the old folks' home. It's not something that we need to talk about. We don't need to talk about it on the show or in real life. I think we could just go past it and you don't have to say anything, Tamara. So if you're listening to this podcast, maybe just next time bite your tongue and say, oh, you know what? We don't need to talk about anything. When the thought of my elderly mother giving a blowjob comes to mind, maybe I don't speak those thoughts into the world. That's the advice I would give her. Anyway, the mom, Sandy, has Tamara's old wedding dress from Simon. She apparently carried it from house to house. And Eddie says it's ugly. Eddie doesn't like it. But I actually really did think it was like a pretty dress, and it seemed like something that could be repurposed. It would be weird for one of the kids to wear it because they marriaged it up that well. So I don't know. I think it's weird, but maybe they should sell it. Sell it on eBay or Poshmark. I think all the housewives are doing that Poshmark now. Dorinda's on there. Anyway, then we cut to Emily and Gina. They're in a scene together. And I got bummed out right when I saw Emily and Gina in a scene. I thought, ugh. Because normally I don't like their scenes, but this was very powerful. And some people were saying on last week's recap, I mixed up Emily and Gina. And I do know the difference in my head, but... I'm talking an hour a week. Sometimes I mix up the names. And to be honest, if they're not giving a memorable performance, I'm not going to get their names right. And I don't feel that's on me. I feel that's on them. But I do know the difference between Emily and Gina. And look, at the beginning of the scene, Emily says she's wanting to do the sexy dance for Shane. Right in my notes, I wrote, what? Capital, all capitals. What? She's going to do a sexy dance for Shane, but then Shane doesn't want it. Gina even said to Emily, like, or, or she said in her confessional, like, Shane doesn't even want swearing the house. So, what makes her think she's going to want this, like, he's going to want this Vegas sexy dance? Then Emily said she gets bald spots and alopecia. 
bald she's got alopecia from it. And Gina just goes, oh no, that's terrible. But the look on Gina's face, Gina was really saying like, what the fuck? Like even Gina, who's been going through all of this stuff with her divorce and her ex, even Gina, the look on her face was being like, what the fuck, Emily? Like, this is not okay. You need to get out. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, then it's revealed that Shane is staying at a hotel for two weeks so that he can study. Gina, Gina wanted to say something, but Gina's like, it's not really my place to say something, but this is fucked up. And I love Emily. I actually do like Emily. I do. I'm not sure she's right for the show because she just seems so nice and lovely. But I do. I hate to judge. We only see a portion of their marriage, but I think, Emily, get out. She's such a beautiful woman. She seems so kind and sweet. And this Shane seems like the absolute worst. The absolute worst. And it just felt so dark. Like, didn't that feel so heavy of a scene for Emily to be talking about how he's staying in another hotel and, like, didn't want the sexy dance and she's got her hair falling out? And I thought, this can't get any darker. This is the darkest thing I've ever seen. And then it just kept on building. That scene, it was comical almost how it kept building in darkness. It was just like the alopecia, I thought, was the tippy top of it. And then all of a sudden, Genus or Emily says, I'm going to turn that trip into a girl's trip. She's going to say, I'm going to make that Vegas trip into a girl's trip. And then Gina says, Vegas isn't in my journey. And I thought, why isn't it in your journey? Everyone has their own journey. Some follow their path. Some wander away. And then Gina says, they took away my license and I lost my passport. I swear to God, you guys, I wrote in my notes, what the fuck are we watching? Is this VPR? Is this Vanderpump Rules? This is Vanderpump Rules actions. I've said that before about Gina. Everything she does is Kristen Doty-esque. And I love my Kristen Doty. Love her. But this is behavior that does not belong on Housewives. This belongs on a Vanderpump Rules, an Opry Ski, a Summer House. Summer House is honestly, this is behavior that wouldn't even be found there. We wouldn't even see this happening with Kyle, Cook, and Amanda. This is like, what is happening? Gina didn't even have her passport. She lost the passport. How does she not have her passport? And she got the license taken away because she was leaving that mommy event at 3.30 in the morning with the roadie. Ooh. Ooh. So I thought, okay, that's the darkest this can get, right? I thought, that built. That's the darkest we're at. And then Gina starts talking about Matt, and she walks away. She says, I can't talk about this. And it's clear to me that the producers or somebody was like, hey, Gina, can you give this confession? Talk about Matt. Talk about it. And Gina thought, I can't do it. In that moment, she thought she couldn't do it. And she was saying that, I can't talk about this. I think she was saying that to the producers because she walked in the other room, sat down, and it was breaking the fourth wall a bit, I thought. Then she walks back into frame. She sits down next to Emily. She says, your problem seems so stupid right now. Then she reveals that Matt had an affair. Gina excused it last season. Apparently, Emily knew but didn't talk about it. Gina hid it to protect the kids. And then Gina recently found out that Matt's still seeing that woman. Gina found a Valentine's Day card from the same woman. And then Emily has some great advice. She says, you're hiding everything and that does not serve Gina. You're trying to serve everyone else, but you're not serving Gina. And I agree, Gina needs to let it all out. I felt horrible for her. I want her to let it all out. I bet you, I don't know this for a fact, but I bet you Matt's in her ear, maybe the parents, whoever's in her ear, people closest to her are probably in her ear saying, protect the kids, don't say anything, don't say this, don't say that. And we've all been in those spaces, right? Where 
we think that the best way to do something is by not talking about it. And one of the things that I do is talk about everything. And that's an issue too, in some ways. But I believe that it's best to get everything off your chest. I believe if you keep something in, it will eat away at you. And I remember when I came out of the closet, it was like, I never wanted to keep anything in again. I never wanted to. It was like I had spent so many years saying, pretending that I was straight and brushing all of that side of me under the rug. I thought, I'm not going to be able to keep secrets anymore. And so whenever I come into contact, even with family or friends or people who want me to like hide something, I can keep a secret. But when it comes to me, if it's like anything related to me, I'm like, I have to get it out. I have to get it out. And that's why I think it's good to see a therapist too. But I hope that Gina has people like Emily did in that scene saying, you have to serve yourself. You have to get it out because she's on the brim. She's a mess. She's a mess. Then we cut to Kelly and Jolie and Aspen. I love Kelly and Jolie scenes. My new fave. My new fave. They were on the ski lift and Kelly said, it's like Dumb and Dumber over here. And then Jolie said, or just you. And Kelly said, huh? <laughs> you guys, it was perfect comedy. Couldn't have write it, written a better scene. It was so fucking funny. It's perfect timing, perfect wording. Uh, it was flawless. Flawless comedic work. Then we cut to Bronwyn and her daughter Rowan visiting what I thought was Sean at work. It was a little unclear to me, and maybe I just had missed this, but they were at Sean, was it Sean's office? They were at an office, and apparently Rowan's got this dancewear line. And Bronwyn said her and her husband, Sean, were so happy to fund this. They said, if you get to the point in life where you could fund your kids' dreams, great. To that, I would just say, and I'm not an expert, I don't have kids, but to that, I would maybe just say, wait till they're older, because I don't know about you guys, but when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, I had a hundred different things that I wanted to do. And if I just had people funding every one of those dreams, it might not have been a great thing. So I would just maybe recommend go off to college, figure out what you want to do. Figure it out. Although I will say, when I was, <laughs> you guys, when I was younger, this is a little, a little detour. When I was a senior in high school, I wrote a letter to James Cameron. You guys know the director of Avatar? Well, he was making that movie in while I was in high school, I think, or it was like announced when I was in high school or something like that. And I remember reading it in the local paper in Solon, Ohio, and I was reading. It said, James Cameron, going to make the biggest movie ever. And keep in mind, I was not a James Cameron fan. I just had read his name in the paper, and I wanted to be in movies. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to write him a letter. And I went to the library because my family didn't own a printer. My parents were like, thinking that computers were just going to go by the wayside. So they refused to buy us a printer. That's neither here nor there. The point is, I went to the library and I was like, I'm going to type up a letter to send James Cameron, begging him to let me be in his movie Avatar or to be working on it. So I go to the library, I write this letter. And in the letter, I wish I could find it. Maybe I could find it on like some sort of floppy disk or something. But I wrote in this letter, hey, I heard in the paper that you're making this big movie. And I'm a big fan, which I wasn't. I know he made like the Terminator movies and stuff, but it's like I wasn't into that. I was watching First Wives Club. I wasn't into the James Cameron flicks. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I lied in a letter. I lied in a letter to James Cameron. I said, I'm a huge fan. I said, please put me in your Avatar movies or your Avatar movie. I'd love to play any role. And if not, I would love to just be on set. I said, I would get you coffee. That's what I said in the letter. And then I attached a 
headshot, which my it was my senior picture. It wasn't a headshot. It was my senior picture. And I look like a 48-year-old real estate agent in the in the picture. I was 17 years old, but I swear, I'll post it somewhere. I look like a 48-year-old real estate agent. Nothing wrong with a 48-year-old real estate agent. It just looked like my senior picture should have been plastered on a bench somewhere selling houses in Reseda. But I sent the photo to him, and I never got a letter back. And they're still in production of new Avatar movies. Didn't even like the first one. But my point is, if at that time somebody would have let me or given me the money to make my own Avatar movie, it wouldn't have been a good thing. I would have just done it, because at the time, that's what I thought my passion was. I thought, I want to be in an Avatar movie. That was my passion. So if my parents would have like given me all the money to go try to make an Avatar, that's an expensive movie. So maybe, Bronwyn, it's not the best idea to just fund your kids' dreams. But that's my counterpoint. But, and maybe it's wrong. I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent. Also, they showed that video. So like the dad was like, oh, we got to put more video content out. Which is such a thing people say, like, we need more content, more video content. We need more social media stuff. And he showed a video, and it was a video of him, like, helping the daughter try and close or something like that. But it seemed very centered on Sean. It seemed like he was in the video a lot, and he kept being like, we need more of these, more of these videos. And I thought, you're just trying to get on social media, Sean. I see it. I see it. I see that side of Sean with the necklace work and wanting to be in the videos on social medias. I see it, Sean. I see you. But I like him. I like Bronwyn and him are cute, though. I do think they're cute. And she's stunning, by the way. Every week, more and more, I'm like, oh my god, she's the most beautiful woman ever. Then we cut to everyone's going to, or some of the women are going to Tortilla Republic for dinner. Tamara and Gina are in the car talking about it. And Tamara knew about the affair with, that Matt was doing. Apparently she knew about it, but she didn't talk about it. None of the women were talking about this affair last season, but apparently they all knew about it. So then Tamara and Gina arrive at this Tortilla Republic. They order cocktails, and here's the thing. Tamara ordered a drink. She ordered the spicy margarita with the tahini on the rim. And then Gina ordered the same thing, and I thought, wait a minute, Gina, you don't have your driver's license, and you don't have your passport. Who's checking Gina's ID? I'm just saying maybe one of those workers at Tortilla Republic should have checked the ID. We know now that they didn't check the IDs. Maybe it's because they were filming. Is there a production rule or something? It just seemed like a liability to me. And Tortilla Republic might not want that to be shown since we know that Gina, Gina, what does, what, not Gina, Gina, <laughs> Gina. <laughs> I don't know why Gina doesn't seem like a Gina to me. She doesn't seem like, and Emily doesn't seem like an Emily to me. I don't know why, but uh, Gina, she didn't have an ID, so she shouldn't have ordered. Why do I want to keep calling her Gina, too? What's that from? A 40-year-old virgin or something? Hi, my name's Gina. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Bronwyn's there. Shannon arrives with Bronwyn. And right away, Shannon sees the chips, and Shannon, uh, Shannon goes, The chips are on the table! They must have known I was coming! And it's just enough, Shannon. <laughs> She's always doing her bits and her stand-up. And I shouldn't be one to judge because I'm always doing my bits and stand-up, and that's what you're all listening to right now, is the podcast of my bits and stand-up. But something about it when Shannon does it, there's chips on the table! You knew I was coming! It just, like, irks my ears. It's like nails on a chalkboard to me. Always doing her her punchlines, convincing us, Fun Shannon! There's chips! I'm gonna eat them all! Ack! She's, she's like a Kathy comic. She's all of a sudden turned into Kathy comic. Chocolate! Ack! 
It is just a shift. It's a lot. Then Shannon invites Vicky FaceTime. Apparently Vicky had been with Emily Emily lingerie shopping, which seemed weird to me because I thought, Shane doesn't even want you to be in a dancing uh, Vegas situation, so what makes you think she's going to want some lingerie? But apparently that's where they were. I would have liked to have seen that scene. I don't know where it was. And look, they every time they showed Gina in this confessional at this dinner table, I got sad. I got stressed. I got nervous. My pits were sweating. I just, I don't know, something about that confessional really makes me uncomfortable. And then they even showed at one point, Gina was like trying to eat a chip and she like fell out of her mouth. Ugh. 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 Then Vicky arrived. Bronwyn apologized to Vicky. Then they all got drunk, which is five stars in my book. All the women are getting drunk a lot this season. I'm really into it. And they all start to make out, which I'm not into. If they were all men, great. But it was a lot of women making out, and that's not something I'm watching these shows for. It's just not something I'm into. But they were all making out, and Vicky was like visibly disgusted. Vicky was like the audience surrogate. Like she was us in that moment because she was the only one who was making faces. Shannon even went in to kiss Gina, and she like had her mouth open all the way, like she was going to tongue her to death. It was very weird. And I look, these women are mothers. I'm not saying mothers can't get wild and loose and make out with each other. But if it was my mother, I would be very uncomfortable. I would. I'm sorry, does that make me square? Maybe so. But if it was all the dads there eating dinner and making out, I'd be into it. <laughs> Sign me up for that scene. Where's that scene, Bravo? You know, that's the scene we need. We need all the men, that Sean and Eddie and all of them, to go and make out with each other at a Tortilla Republic. That's what we need. We never see that on Orange County. Anyway... Vicky was so visibly disgusted. And then there's this whole stuff about Kelly. So Vicky says that she has no respect for Kelly. Then they tell her, all the women tell her, like, that cocaine allegation was a low blow. And then Vicky says, Kelly knows that I know more than I said. And I thought, what does she know? And then Vicky says, are you, or, no, Tamara says, are you talking about the train? What? Uh, what? What is she talking about the train? Are you talking about the train? What does that mean? Is that just like a... Vicky had said something about the... We discussed none of us are going to talk about the choo-choo train. What is this? What does it mean? I need to know more about this choo-choo train. Is this coded language? Or are they talking about like... A, a, what's happening? Is this literal? Were they on a train that something happened? Is this a figurative train? Is this like the sexual train? Like what is this choo-choo train? What is this choo-choo? Train. Choo choo. Charlie Anna. Clash. Do you guys remember that Molly Shannon sketch? <laughs> choo choo. Charlie Anna. Clash. Anyway, I've had too much caffeine. The point is, what does this choo choo train mean? What does it all mean? I need answers and I need them now. I can't believe they ended like that. And Vicky, Vicky said to Tamara, so Tamara said, Are you talking about the train? And Vicky said, Tamara, don't talk about that. But she said it in that voice that she did. You're supposed to be my son and my sister. And Tamara, don't talk about that. She like did it in that same voice. And I love that Vicky voice. You know what I'm talking about, that Vicky voice. She does it sometimes, usually three times a season. Remember when she did it to Gretchen? She, you don't know what it's like to be a mother. <laughs> when they were in 80s clothes. Oh, I love this show. I'm back on board with Orange County. Fuck it. Fuck it, I love it. Didn't want to like it. I wasn't even going to recap it. Here we are. I love it. It's best show on TV. I thought this episode was great. Thought it was five stars. If we were talking about it, 
what else is there? We got a choo-choo train allegation. We got so much, so much. These women give and give, and I love them all. God bless them. God bless these women. I'm so happy. And, you know, not only is Orange County so great. That was how it ended the episode, by the way. That was the end of the episode. We ended on to be continued. Next week, we get an L.A. trip, which seems sort of anticlimactic. Like, why are they going to L.A.? It's a boring-ass trip. I don't want to see these women come to my town. Rodeo Drive is not that exciting. There's a pottery barn there. I love a pottery barn, but I know everyone thinks Rodeo Drive is just like this gorgeous, amazing place. But let me tell you something. I go there for the pottery barn. And we have those everywhere in the country. Everyone always thinks Rodeo Drive, because on the movies, you know, Pretty Woman and everything. And there are some nice shops. It's nice. But there's also lots of other stores. And that's no shade to Pottery Barn. You know, my favorite item in the whole world is a Pottery Barn robe. I love it there. Most of my home, everything that I, uh, a lot of the things that I've saved up for are from Pottery Barn. So I love it. But I just like everyone to know Rodeo Drive. Also, there's a Starbucks, there's a, all sorts of stuff. And that's the episode. I want to say I'm loving Orange County, but Potomac, 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 Potomac. Whoo, I'm tired of telling everyone to watch it. So, so good. We're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and talk about Potomac because it's fantastic. Before we go to break, I want to say please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino. Danny, we have some new t-shirts available. So there's some t-shirts if you go to everythingiconic.threadless.com. There's some fantastic t-shirts. There's a Queen Icon Legend shirt that Matt just designed that's up there now. There's Wow Bethany Wow, Wow Craig's Dog Bethany Wow, all sorts of stuff. I want to say we'll be back tomorrow with a Southern Charm recap of the first part of the reunion. And then also I have an interview with Jillian Bell coming up. So Jillian stars in the movie Britney Runs a Marathon, which I saw last week. So, so good. Probably my favorite movie this year. So there's an interview with Jillian, and we talk about all sorts of stuff and pop culture and all sorts of really fun stuff. So that episode will be out soon. And I want to encourage everyone to go see Britney Runs a Marathon. If you're looking for something uplifting, inspiring, it's sad, it's beautiful, it's funny as fuck. So, so funny. Excuse my French, but it's so, so good. Probably my favorite movie so far this year. So go see it. And if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you click $4, if you donate $4 more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. I'm doing one a month, and I just did an Ashley Simpson show recap. So let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk a little Potomac. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at 
Shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. We have got to talk about the Real Housewives of Potomac. They are delivering. I truly believe that Potomac right now is maybe right below or right next to the Real Housewives of New York in terms of greatest shows on Bravo. I think it's fantastic. If you're not watching, I don't know how else to get you to watch, but it's so, so good. You don't want to start from the beginning. Just start from season three. It's an amazing TV show. And if you're not watching, quite frankly, you're the one missing out because it's perfect right now. This season is next level. Some of the best housewives ever, 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 ever. So this week, they're all going on the Grand Cayman trip that Robin organized. Now, Monique can't go because she's super pregnant, and Katie is going. So let's just keep that in mind. And the, in terms of the dynamics, Robin is still mad at Giselle. So there's something going on there. Karen and Giselle still haven't quite made up. So there's a lot of interesting dynamics, and these women are all going on a trip together, and I was so excited because of that. And before they all get to the airport, Karen meets with Monique, and Karen is telling Monique that she's upset with Giselle because Giselle had been telling everyone that Karen, on their previous trip, Karen didn't want to go to the club with them because she was on Instagram talking to her followers. And so Karen says, It got back to me that Giselle had attacked my choice to go on Instagram and thank those who had sent their condolences to me and my family instead of going out to a bar and shaking titties with her. <laughs> she said, instead of shaking titties in the club with Giselle. <laughs> Karen is giving us everything in those confessionals. Those confessionals deserve an award. Karen's confessionals deserve awards. Emmys, Peabody's, whatever you got to give her, give her a trophy because it's fantastic. So, so good. She's doing so much. She's doing prop comedy. She's doing fantastic word comedy. It's just so much wonderful stuff happening in Karen's confessionals. We just don't deserve it. So then they all show up to the airport. Katie's there. And look, Katie mentions her wig. She mentions when she gets to the location, she's going to take off the wig in water. And I thought, finally, we're acknowledging the wig. This was at the start of the episode when they're going to the airport and when they're at the airport. I just thought I felt so relieved because I feel like that's been the most tension this whole season is like no one's really discussed Katie's wigs and it feels like somebody needs to. So just the fact that Katie acknowledged it, she said, I'm going to take this wig off and go in the pool. I thought, ugh. I, I like sighed a large breath of relief. Finally, finally, finally. So Robin 
doesn't show up to the airport. She misses the flight. And I don't like tardiness. I'm not one to like tardiness. Robin's always late. We've seen it on the show before. Robin can never make it anywhere on time. And I love Robin. She's maybe one of my, she's one of my favorites. I love her. I love her and Juan. Juan's my favorite house husband, even though he's not technically a house husband. But Robin can never make it anywhere on time. And it just irks me. As a friend, I would get very upset because I always feel like if someone's late, it's almost like you're saying your time is more important or valuable than everyone else's time. So I'm never, I'm not a good one for this. I hate people who are tardy. I hate being late. Like whenever I've been late, it like stresses me out. And, you know, sometimes it happens. We all are late sometimes and things happen, but it really stresses me out. And I don't, I don't like it when friends do it. But Robin eventually takes another flight. Then they all arrive. Everyone arrives except for Robin. And Giselle says, Katie, what is this wig? Did it just die? And it was like another sigh of relief. I thought, okay, now everyone's acknowledging this. Because I felt like the whole season, we've maybe heard something here or there, but it felt like overall we're ignoring it. And I just needed them to all talk about it. I needed it to happen. And so finally we all are. But Katie's going through so much stuff. So I actually did my research because I was thinking during this episode, I thought Katie's obviously going through some stuff. She seems like she might be on the brim. And I did my research and she's going through a nasty custody battle. And I feel badly for her. And I encourage everyone to look it up. I don't have all the details in front of me, but look it up. I really fell for Katie. I love her anyway, but then seeing everything that she's going through and all of her struggles that are going outside this show, I really just, I felt for her and it really made me pissed at Ashley. I thought, Ashley, you're really going to be attacking this woman when she's going through so much in her personal life. I did not like it. And I never liked Ashley anyway. Her and that weirdo that she's with, I don't like it. And the way she was treating Katie and not into it, they all arrive at this resort. There's pineapple drinks upon arrival. And I love a pineapple drink. My favorite, my favorite is putting some pineapple in a drink. I love pineapple juice. It's supposed to be like deflate, not, that's not the right word, like deflating or, um, I don't, not dehydrating, but it's supposed to make you look skinny. So I love a pineapple juice. Then let's see, Robin is the one who planned this trip. So she's supposed to be giving the room assignment. So she has to do it over the phone, over FaceTime. And it's revealed that Giselle and Karen are supposed to share a suite. And I got giddy. I got giddy with excitement. I thought, oh my God, we're in it. I was so excited. I was I was giggling like a schoolgirl. I was just so happy. Oh my God, they're going to be staying together. And then Robin says to Ashley, you can be the deputy hostess. So you can take over while she's not there. And it looked like a beautiful place. This is before all hell broke loose. So, so for a brief moment in time, it seemed like everyone was getting along. Giselle and Karen were excited to live together, room together, and all was well. And we got to enjoy the beauty of this hotel, this resort. It looks stunning. I'm going on a vacation to Hawaii very soon, and I cannot wait. I'm like dying for a vacation. Haven't had like an official vacation in a couple years, and I cannot wait. And seeing just the sights, the sun, and everything was getting me so, so excited. But it looks beautiful. Then all hell breaks loose in this lobby. Karen and Giselle start fighting about that Instagramming. So let me just back up in case you're unaware. They were on a vacation before, and Karen had just lost a parent. And so Karen had decided not to go to the club with the other women. And then she was staying in her room. And while that was happening, Giselle went on Instagram and saw that Karen was on Instagram Live thanking her followers and like, and, you know, talking about her hair and like just doing an Instagram live. 
And so Giselle was like, why can't Karen come out with us? She said she's grieving or something, but then here she is on Instagram Live. So it's already such a ridiculous fight. And then Karen says, I was saying thank you for all the condolences. Karen says I was on Instagram Live, and I was thanking everyone for all the condolences they sent about the death. And Giselle says, that's not what I saw. And then those brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors, they flash back to Karen getting compliments on her Instagram Live. And it was a beautiful flashback. (laughs) Oh, I love those Bravo producers, editors. Oh, I love them so, so much. They really deserve the world. And then all hell breaks loose. They all start fighting in the lobby. It was an amazing fight. Candace the whole time was like, this is a lobby. This is a lobby. She was like, this is a lobby. She's trying to shut them all up. And then meanwhile, they're like, oh, this happens all the time with Karen and Giselle. And we see a flashback of their France trip last season when they were fighting in the lobby. (laughs) God, for the rest of time, let's just get Karen and Giselle in a hotel lobby and see what happens. When all else fails, if any of the Potomac producers are listening, when all else fails, just throw those two in a lobby of a hotel and see what happens, because you're going to get some magic. That's what I would do. So then Giselle changes her own room. She says, I'm going to stay in my own room. And that's exactly what I would do. I wouldn't want to stay with a friend anyway. I don't like to share a hotel room. I want my own space on a vacation. You know, when you go with groups of friends, I don't like the idea, unless it's like a best friend. I'm not interested in just rooming with a rando. Like, it has to be, like, literally one of my best friends or Matt. Otherwise, I want my own space. Even with one of my best friends or Matt, I still usually want my own space. I'll maybe give in. But if it's someone I'm not getting along with, there's no way I would want to stay in a hotel room with them. Anyway, all these rooms are amazing. Everyone relaxes by the pool. Giselle and Ashley talk. And they talk about the situation between Ashley and Katie. So... Ashley says that Katie's man uses her as a meal ticket. I didn't like this. Ashley is just not nice, you guys. I don't think she's nice. And it's like she's taken everything out on Katie, and it's her own life seems like a little bit of a mess. And maybe she needs to take some of that out on her husband, who's acting inappropriate all the time. It seems like she's getting along so well with him. Every time we see her in a scene with him, She's talking about how good their relationship is, but then when she's in scenes with other people, she's taking it out on the other women, and I don't like that. Take it out on the man who's causing the issue. Don't act like everything's all hunky-dory with Michael because he's grabbing everyone's ass and saying inappropriate things. So maybe take out some of this aggression on him and not these women. Not someone who's a a woman going through a custody battle. That is not okay. I'm very Team Katie on this. Very Team Katie. And look, Katie said some awful things. I'm not saying Katie's completely innocent, but I don't like the what uh, I don't like what Ashley was doing. So then it's nighttime, they all meet for dinner. Katie tells Candace that she'll meet her in a room, and then Katie never goes to the room. <laughs> so then all, we see all the women on the beach, and Katie just randomly says, Oh, I was supposed to go meet Candace in a room. That's probably why she's not here. And she says, Oops, I forgot. <laughs> I thought, this is interesting. Like something, Katie's going through it. She's just going through it, and that's all there is to it. She's giving me shades of, and I don't mean this as an insult, but she's giving me shades of Kelly Ben Simone on Scary Island in terms of the contradiction stuff, which I'll get to in a second. But it was like certain things Katie would say and then be like, I didn't say that. I was like, you just said it. You know, and that's what Kelly used to do on Scary Island. But 
I'm not saying they're exactly alike. It was just giving me shades of that. So then, look, Ashley and Katie argue. Ashley says, you're a liar. You said, uh, you said Michael's gay. And then you called me stupid. And Katie says, I don't think I called you stupid. And then the brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors flashback to Katie calling Ashley stupid. <laughs> then Katie says that Ashley told her that a chef was taking over for the restaurant. So Ashley's restaurant, the chef was taking over and they were getting rid of the restaurant or stepping down or something like that. And Ashley says, no, that's not what was happening. Like, we still own the restaurant. That's not what happened. And then Katie says, I don't really care about your restaurant and no one else does either. That's why no one goes there. And that was perfect. It was perfect. I felt so happy in that moment. Endorphins flowing through my veins. It was perfect. She said, I don't really care. And no one else does either. That's why no one goes to your restaurant. Ah, Katie, Katie, Katie. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then Giselle says, Giselle's always mixing up. Do you notice that? Giselle's trying to create peace, but then she's also trying to stir the pot. So Giselle says, is there something you want to apologize for, Katie? Like, maybe do you want to at least apologize for calling her dumb? And then Katie says, well, you are dumb and you're stupid. She says that. (laughs) Katie was like not letting up on Ashley. She was not. And then Ashley like tried to come back with something. Ashley said, your unemployed man is living with you. And then Katie says, at least I don't have an 80-year-old man. And then Ashley says, you wish you did, which I don't think anyone wishes that. Does anyone wish they had an 80-year-old man? I mean, I wish when I'm 80, I have an 80-year-old man, but I don't wish when I'm in my 30s that I have an 80-year-old man. Do you know what I'm saying? She said, you wish you did, Ashley. Oh, I just don't like Ashley. She rubs me the wrong way. And again, I know Katie was saying mean things to her. So Katie's not perfect. But just something about Ashley really rubs me the wrong way. And again, I don't like the way that she was doing it. And I know, uh, I guess, Ashley has been going through a lot with the Michael allegations and stuff like that. But it just seems to me like she's not taking responsibility for any of that stuff. So they all sit at dinner. They all order fish. Karen and Giselle make up for literally two seconds and then start fighting again. Karen says, you're not good at friendship. (laughs) They just start fighting. (laughs) And then Karen says she will hold a grudge. She doesn't forgive and forget. She doesn't forgive and forget. And then they make up a little bit. And right away, Giselle says, what's happening with La Dame Perfume? And again, I got so excited. Anytime they talk about this La Dame Perfume, I'm at my happiest. I'm so happy when they talk about it. And apparently Karen's having a reveal party. But then it's not going to be like something you could see the final product. It's just a reveal. It's like the most backwards way to launch a product (laughs) of every second of it. Remember when she said it's in the discovery phase? I can't get enough of this LaDom perfume. Show me everything. I'd like there to be a full business documentary. I don't know, CNBC or whatever one of those business channels of TV. Bravo could do it too. I just think there should be a full... I want a full documentary on LaDom perfume. A full doc. I want it to see the discovery phase. I want to see the reveal party. I don't just want it on the housewives. I want it on a separate documentary called La Dame. You know, just show it to me. It could be on CNBC, MSNBC, one of those businessy channels. I don't even know if they show business documentaries or like Netflix. You know how Netflix did the Fire Festival doc? Let's see something like that about La Dame because I guarantee you a documentary about La Dame perfume is going to be just as, if not more, entertaining than those fire Festival documentaries. And I ate those up. Ate them up. So, so one of these filmmakers, let's get on it. 
Somebody show me the factory footage. Show me Karen smelling the Dom perfume. We saw the footage last week of her looking at the bottle and it was like falling apart. Show me every goddamn second you have of Ladon perfume. I want every minute of footage and I want it presented to me in a full documentary. Discovery phase, reveal phase. Ah, loved it. Anyway, then of course we get more of Giselle butting in and she starts stuff up again between Katie and Ashley. And Katie says, look, I'm getting my period. Leave me alone, basically. And they all talk about how everyone called. Katie says, everyone called Michael gay. She says, I wasn't the only one who called Michael gay. And then they flash back to everyone saying, Michael wants to suck a dick. And I just would like to say, we're getting into sort of this territory of using gay as an insult or sucking dick as an insult on this show. I'm seeing it. We're seeing shades of it. We've seen it since the beginning where it's like, oh, he's gay. But then I never felt like they've been actually too inappropriate. There's maybe been a few comments here or there. but. I would just like to go on record and say that there's nothing wrong with being gay. And I hope that going forward, we don't use it as an insult or we don't use sucking dick as like a bad thing, because I know that happens on these shows where I don't think anyone means it. And it happens in real life too all the time, right? You hear people use the word cocksucker as an insult and all that. And I would just like to go on record as saying there's nothing wrong with sucking a dick. I don't mean to get vulgar, but we're talking about in these shows. I don't want these women to go around these shows act saying, Michael wants to suck a dick and using it as a negative. Because I truly believe there's nothing wrong with sucking a dick. And if you want to do it, you should do it and be proud of it. We've all done it. Who, ha- who among us? Who among us hasn't done it? So I say we re-own the narrative, or take control of that narrative and say, yeah, suck a dick. Proud of it. Love a dick. That's what I think we should all go about our day saying. Be proud of it, everyone. Be proud of it and do not use it as an insult. If you're going about your day, you hear someone say something to someone else, calling them a cocksucker or any of those very vulgar words. And I'm sorry to be using the, uh, those words on here, but just be proud. Nothing wrong with that. Get on those knees. They don't call it a job for nothing, but there's nothing wrong with it. Proud of it. Proud of it. Anyway, they fight a little bit more and they, uh, oh, Kelly or Katie says, excuse me, Katie says, just because you're, (laughs) this is so funny, you guys. Ashley says, you talk behind my back. And then Katie says, just because you're not there doesn't mean it's behind your back. If that's not a Kelly Ben Simone line, I don't know what is. It was perfectly Kelly Ben Simone. Then Robin finally arrives. And I was a little bit upset that Robin showed up because I do think Robin's a peacekeeper. And I was worried that she was going to make things too hunky-dory with all these women, but luckily they all started fighting more. And Katie says, I'm sorry if I called you dumb. Maybe I just meant you were stupid, which is another Kelly Benson line. I mean, it was amazing. And then Ashley says to Katie, you're not funny with your horrible toupee on your head. (sighs) That was a moment where it crossed the line for me with the wig. I didn't like that. I didn't like it. Then Ashley really crossed the line when she said, you're not mentally strong enough to handle being in this group of women. Didn't like it. We're obviously dealing with a little peek behind the curtain. And I think maybe the reason why Katie isn't in the full cast is because there's a lot of things going on. And it's clear to me that she's going through some stuff. And I think we should be respectful of that. And I know mental health is something that's very personal to all of us. It's very personal to me. And I don't like that she said that you're not mentally strong enough. That's You know what? That's probably what really pushed me over the edge with Ashley. I don't like her anyway, but when she said that, I was like, nope, didn't like it. Anyway, we end, we, we end with Katie saying, I'm probably not mentally strong enough, and I'm 
in a very vulnerable, fucked up situation, and she's crying, and then we end on a to be continued. A to be continued. I felt so bad for Katie. I wanted to give her a hug. Wanted to give her a hug. Anyway, that's the episode for you all. I love you all so much for listening. Give one another a hug if somebody needs it this week. Be kind. And I want to end this with a little cool down and then our cheesy Kimberly Locke music. But let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Think about someone you can hug in the next week. Breathe out. Go hug your best friend, your coworker, your mom, your dad. Someone who could just use a hug, which we can all use a hug. Go give them a hug. Be kind to one another. I love you so much. Bye-bye. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.